0: Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Hello, hello. Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Uh, If you are brand new, welcome to Hope Fellowship. Uh, Maybe you're you're, uh, coming in to join family from out of town. Um, whatever that is, if, if today is one of your first Sundays here, welcome. My name is Will Perry. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I'm over the student ministry across our campuses, and uh, welcome all of our campuses, Frisco West, McKinney, uh, Prosper, and online. Online right now, my friend Marquise Shiree are joining us. Welcome. Good morning. Uh, miss y'all. Love y'all. And uh, everybody here. Uh, John is out of town, and so I'm here closing up our series called The Power of Our Words. Before we get to that, though, uh, we have an event Coming up in December, that we call Respite Night. And what this is, is it's a night for um, parents, uh, single parents, uh, parents uh, who foster or adoptive parents, parents that are families that are part of our special needs ministry, scenes of hope here. Uh, Respite night is a night where uh, you can drop off your your kids, and we want to give them an amazing night, a great time for you to be able to have a a relaxing time. Or, you know, maybe if you're fostering, this is the first time you've been able to have a date night in a long time. Uh, So, respite night is coming up. And everybody who's not a part of that, or maybe you you won't be dropping somebody off, but you can still volunteer at it. You can go to hopefellowship.net slash kids. Uh, to find more information about volunteering and information on there about the Amazon wish list to help us put on an amazing event, because uh, the kids that are here, we actually do like a Christmas uh, shop for them. We, they get to pick out presents for their parents and photos with Santa, and it's, it's a great deal. Uh, speaking of kids, I want to show you my favorite photo lately of my newborn uh, next to the largest watermelon that we grew this year. Uh, this is it. This is, look at that watermelon. That's a good watermelon, right? and a beautiful baby. This a little baby Ruth. Uh, she is 11 weeks old. Uh, I believe she's in the lobby right now with her mother. And uh, it's great, you know, people ask me, like, what's your favorite part of being a dad now? My favorite part of, of uh, having Ruth in her life now is getting to see my wife uh, be a mom. She's amazing at it and, and just wonderful. And that's my favorite part. So if you want to send us anything, uh, feel free. Oh yeah, yeah, we made that, we made that. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to send us anything, just uh, send rest and sleep That'd be great if you have any extra that you can spare. All right, let's pray and jump into it. God, we love you. I pray that we would hear your voice today. Encourage us as we need it. Convict us as we need it. And I pray that as we leave today, uh, we would leave with uh, next steps and challenges and looking more and more like our God to use our words for your power, for your glory, Jesus. So in your name we pray, amen. 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 Uh, whenever I think of like the power that our words can have, I think of this story in my life that was this very chaotic time. is the most one of the most chaotic days of my life, and uh, it was for sure most one of the most chaotic days for my dad. Uh, when I was in middle school, I was uh, transitioning from school or from a class to athletics. And I was waiting for that to kind of, you know, happen. We were waiting for the other, other kids to finish up so we could start athletics. And right then I sneezed. But when I sneezed, it wasn't just like a achoo. I sneezed like, you know, a dad on his couch in his 40s. <laughs> yeah. And when I sneezed, Somebody, a kid in my class who was shorter than me, walked right in front of me, and the, my forehead hit the top of his head, and I was immediately concussed. I was out. I was on the ground. I think on the ground. Like, what I remember is I came to in my principal's office, and I was holding, like, they warmed up my lunch. I was holding, like, a corn dog. and I was like, ah, mustard, you know? Like, I was very concussed, and... So my mom was coming to the school to pick me up because I had a golf ball on my forehead now, we needed to go to the hospital. And on the way, uh, she passed near our house and the night before, my childhood dog had got out and we were looking for him, we couldn't find him. And then as she was coming by, coming to the school to pick us up or pick me up, she saw Sport, Sport was my dog, my childhood dog, because I liked Sport, so his name was Sport. He got hit by a car and was dead on the side of the road. And so she's very sad. It gets, just away. And <laughs> so she comes and picks me up, and she's emotional, you know. And my, my principal's like, Miss Perry, it's going to be okay. It's just a concussion. She's like, you don't understand. Our dog. I was like, sport. She gets, he got hit by, oh, no, sport. Oh, my gosh. So we had this moment, and then we go to the hospital. Before we leave the school, my mom calls my sister, who's at home, because she was homeschooled. And she said, hey, just give your dad a heads up on two things. Uh, One when I was younger, I went by Billy. They said, "One, I'm I'm taking Billy to the hospital. He has a concussion. It's going to be okay." And and also, I I found Sport. He's a couple blocks away from the house. He got hit by a car. He's he's on the side of the road. And so my sister, no Sport. You know, this is our family dog. And so my sister calls my dad. And the only thing my dad hears is that his son was hit by a car, (laughs) and is dead on the side of the road. And so he's immediately like, I got to go. I'm leaving where his boss is like, what's going on? He goes, my son was hit by a car. You know, so he jumps in his car. Meanwhile, we're, going, we're at the hospital and we're emo- emotional. And they're like, oh, it's okay. It's just a concussion. We are like, you don't understand our dog. like, your dog, oh my gosh. So we're having these moments. While my dad is speeding, like, there's, like there, there's never, a speed limit has never existed in the world. He's going as fast as he can across town because his son, his only son, me, is on the side of the road and a cop starts to chase him because he's speeding and not obeying the laws. And as my dad tells the story, he zooms into the driveway and right then the cop does too and the cop jumps out and unbuckles his gun and he says, freeze. And my dad says, you don't understand. My son is down on the side of the road, and right then, like, perfect timing, my sister, emotional because of our dog, runs out of the house, daddy, and, you know, and I've asked police officers, like, what is supposed to happen here, because what the cop did was, like, okay, I'm sorry, and leaves, like, I don't think, that's not what he was supposed to do, what if my dad was lying, you know, that's a really good lie to get out of whatever's going on, you know, so he talks to my sister, I was like, Oh, okay, and you know, at that point, you know, my dad might have been sad, but at that point, my dad's like, thank God the dog is dead, <laughs> you know, but it's like, okay, my son is alive, and it got all cleared up, and it's, whew, it was, it was stressful, it was miscommunication, right, L- miscommunication, and twisting words, and, and a reading tone into text messages, and into emails, like, we, th- it can distort reality distort what's really going on distort what actually happened change things like our, there's so much power in our words to build up to reshape to refocus to clear up to 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 bring peace to bring chaos like there's so much power in our words and i think the reason one of the reasons that there's so much power in our words it's because it's an echo of our creator, right? God's, in Genesis 1-3, he said, let there be light, and then creation happened. As God speaks, there, th- things are made, and while we can't make matter from our words, what our, words our, our words do matter because it does shape relationships and, uh, and uh, marriages and future relationships of your children and your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers. There's so much power in our words. Our our, our words can't necessarily be neutral either. Uh, Proverbs 18, 21 says this, the tongue can bring life or death. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Anyone love to talk? You love to talk over there? Yeah, okay, we got a few hands. Yeah, yeah, you do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking. I would talk right now. Yeah, me too. That's not a bad thing. But it is, but scripture is telling us there will be a result of your talking, whether good or bad. Your words will not stay neutral. They will bring life, they will bring death. There is a consequence, there is a result of your words. And there are things in your mind that you're thinking, that you have thought for 25 years for better or for worse, for life or for death. There are things that you have thought for 25 years because somebody has said something over you, said something to you. You remember when a mentor, a coach, a parent, Somebody pulled you aside and said, hey, I just want to let you know, I am so proud of you. I notice all of your hard work. Maybe maybe you have had a boss, an amazing boss, and there was this massive project, a presentation, a sale, something. And they said, they pulled you aside and said, hey, I just want you to know you do an amazing job. I'm so thankful for you. Like, we we wouldn't be the same without you. And you're like, "I, I still remember that. A teacher spoke life over you. You're like, I'm, I'm dumb. I can't figure this out. And they say, hey, you're not dumb. You can figure this out. You can do this. Like people have said beautiful things. You remember when a, maybe you're dating somebody, you had a big fight, and then in that fight, like later on, your, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, someone came back to you and they said, hey, I, I want you to know, like, you were right. I was wrong. I, I, I'm so sorry. And you're like, That's, I am right. You are wrong. No. <laughs> no, you're like, thank you for saying that. It, changed, it, it cleared up. It restored the relationship. There's so much power in our words for life and for death. You remember that, that somebody was like, shame on you, or you'll never get this right, or you're off the team, or you're fired because of, like, you're, you're not living up. You remember negative things that tend to stick with us so, like, so often. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But you remember negative things. You, this is the crazy thing. You and I, we remember the negative things that we say to ourselves more than anybody else. We are the hardest people. On, we are so mean to us, you know. And then when someone else says something negative, it's just confirmation of what you already think. Like, oh, you're right. I am not enough. You're right. There's power, power, power. Life and death in our words. And so the main question that I want to talk through today that we're going to pray through that I don't necessarily have an answer for. I, I, it's really just a question that I've been praying through that I believe there's three more questions to kind of, for us to digest, to take home, to think through and to pray leading up to Thanksgiving, a day full of many, many words for a long period of time, right? Here's the question. How can I, or how can our words be filled with life? How, how can the words that we say because the solution is not to not say words, okay? That's not the solution. The solution is don't say anything. If you're born talkative, God created you to talk, okay? But, so the question is not shut your mouth, or the answer is not shut your mouth. That's not it, okay? It's how can our words be more filled with life? James 3, uh, Jesus' brother, he talks about this, this power in the tongue. When he says, indeed, we all make mistakes, which is my life verse, I make many mistakes. Anybody else? Is that your Yeah. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, that's the goal. If we can control our words, not if we just, I'm not going to say anything. Because sometimes if we say nothing, that hurts communication worse than saying something, right? Isn't there times that you're just like, I wish you would have told me? right? Aren't there friendships? And you're like, that's going on in your life. I wish you would have told me so I can help you. Same thing in relationships and in family. It's not saying nothing. It's controlling our tongues. And then he gives us great illustrations on what this means. We would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. He's talking about spiritual maturity. You want to be more spiritually mature? Control your words. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Grand speeches being like there's a, a big impact. But a tiny spark, a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. Now, he just gave us three illustrations, right? Right? It is a bit in a horse's mouth, a boat, a rudder on a boat, and fire and flame. Now, all three of those things are not bad things, right? What good is it if we build a boat and we keep it on shore? What good is it if there's a boat and we just, it stays tied to a port, tied to a dock? No, that's not what it was created to do. It was created to go. It was created to move. And so he's not saying, if you got a boat, destroy the boat. No, he's saying, control the rudder. Who is in control, piloting? He said, we we get to decide where he's going, even if there's strong winds. And a a horse, a horse is huge. In in the ancient world, horses were valuable. And he wasn't saying like, hey, don't do anything with horses. They're big, they're scary, they kick you, like watch out, like don't do anything. No, he's saying, control the horse. With this small thing, with this small bit, you can control it. A fire is good. A fire in the right place is a good thing, right? A fire warms us. A fire warms the ancient world during the winter. And a fire cooks our steaks. Come on. That's what we need, right? No, a flame fire is good. But then when it is out of control, that's when damage happens. That's when we get in trouble. That's when we accidentally hurt people, intentionally hurt people. And when things happen to us that hurt. And then he emphasizes this point of if it's out of control, it's not going to go well. In a world, it is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for for it is set on fire by hell itself. Woof, James, God's word, you are really emphasizing. This is a big deal. Yes. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless an evil, full of deadly poison. He's saying, is that way, James's way of saying like it's impossible? No, that's James's way of saying this is difficult, it takes time, and if we don't get it right, it can do a lot of damage. It can do a lot of damage. But if we do get it right, there is so much good that can come from it. So as I was praying for today, as I was praying for this weekend, um, what I've uh, really just felt this conviction about is three questions for us and maybe they hit you differently. Maybe all three hit. Maybe it's just one that God is going to speak to you. But three questions for us to pray about. Because, again, I don't feel like I have all the answers. I make a lot of mistakes talking. Sometimes I just talk too much. And I should shut my mouth. <laughs> um, but not today because I'm supposed to. It's my job. Um, but question, question number one. Question number one. Where do my words come from? Where do my words come from? Where do your words come from? Where do my words come from? There is a source of our words at another part of the book of james he gives another illustration when he talks about um how sp- uh, spring water and bitter water they they flow can it is it possible for them to come from the same source I'm not really because as the water moves it picks up either nutrients or picks up something bitter and either helps the water or makes the water undrinkable like the the, the, the point is that there is a source of your words to yourself there's a source of your words to others have you ever said something and then you were like, I'm I'm so sorry, I have no idea where that came from. It's like, right, we, we might not know where that comes from, but we can know. We can know the source of our reactions. And and even on that, like, are we more emotional than thoughtful when it comes to our words? Because I feel a certain way, because you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. And then, you know, I'm going to clap back at you. I'm gonna, it's like two dogs barking back and forth with like no real communication, but they're like angry at each other. Like, can, can we speak more with intention and less with emotion? The source of our words matter. This, this is why like one of the coolest things, I, I think during the fall, like sin entering the world, the fall of man in Genesis 3, as, as God is uh, confronting Adam and Eve of like, hey, you messed up. You, you did what I advised you not to do. One thing he points out to them in, in Genesis 3.11 is he says this, who told you that? He's saying, where is this coming from? What is the source of your words? What is the source of my, can my words be more uh, marinated in scripture and in prayer? So when they flow out of me, it's filtered through God's purpose and how God, wants to speak in God's people and not for me and not what I want to get right and the point that I want to make, but to restore a relationship, to heal somebody or to encourage them towards God's direction. There's this quote that I love. It says, um, uh, so it says words build bridges into unexplored regions. That's a good quote, right? Words build bridges into unexplored regions. You know who said this? Adolf Hitler. Whew. That changes it, right? That changes the context, That changes the context of the quote because the source matters. Where it comes from matters. The source of your words and my words and the words that are spoken to us, the words that go around in our mind, the source of those words matter. And so can we backtrack, can we dig, can we be an archeologist into the depth of ourselves to see where our words come from? This is uh, also why Jesus says this in John 10. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You want to better follow Jesus? Listen to his voice. Let that be more and more the source of our words. Number two, number two, do I know? Do I know the weight of my words? Do I know the weight of my words? Probably most of us in the room, we know the weight of our bodies, right? There's a scale for that. You step on it, and you're like, hmm, interesting. Thanksgiving, huh? Like, (laughs) we we know that. And we know the weight of negative words. We do. They stick with us. They're heavy. Negative words are so much heavier than positive words, aren't they? It, for whatever reason, it just sticks with you. I had one teacher in high school who was, who was not the biggest fan of me, and I didn't know why. I was like, I didn't. Maybe I talked all the time. Um, now, and, and, but with words that she said stick with me. I'm like, why? Negative words are so heavy. However, I think something that we can do is undermine the weight of the positive words, the encouragement that God can speak through us, that we can speak into the family members that need us to encourage them, the coworkers that need us to tell, say to them, the boss that feels underappreciated, right? Hey, I I don't know how much people say this, but I, I am thankful for all the work that you do for our team. Telling like our our uh, one tip that we give parents when when they come back from like camp or a mission trip or something is hey just say out loud I missed you, just say out loud I missed you. People like being missed, we do right. You see so oh it's been forever since I've seen you and you're like oh you missed me. It feels good. And there's these little voices inside of us that are constantly saying, you're not good enough. People don't care about you. Like all these things. Can we flood a world with positive, God-focused, God-soaked words? Because there is power in that. And don't let the enemy try to undermine the power of your words and say, it doesn't weigh anything but a feather. When God wants to make an impact through your words into a world into a world that leans quickly, negative. There's so many positive things that God can say through you. We just have to be willing. Proverbs 15:28 says, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows. It's this idea of a flood. Whatever is there is there. Whatever is there, ah, meh, you know? Now, if we understand, there better say, the more we understand the weight of our words the more we're gonna think and, and, and godly, God-focused, God-centered, building up words will come from us. That's not to say that we should never be honest and say something hard. In fact, something that, that uh, we've talked to students before something that people have said to me before is simply this, is that a hard truth, a hard truth is better than a comfortable lie. A hard truth, difficult feedback is better than just like, ah, whatever you feel, oh, it's great, you know, whatever. No, it, sometimes the best words for us to speak to somebody else is a very, very difficult truth. A difficult, hard truth is better than just not being honest with them because someone else, like my, my friend James was at this last service, and he has given me feedback over the decade plus of our friendship that I was like, why are you tell me that's I was feeling great, (laughs) you know, and then you're like talking to me right now, and then later, you know, you process it, and you're like, man, maybe something is there. A hard truth being honest is better, it's better, and it's weightier, and it it brings so much more power and, and positive power to the words in our world. Another verse from Proverbs, Proverbs 16, it says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health. To the bones is it a pleasant words are like honeycomb back in biblical ancient times a honeycomb honey straight from the comb would be like the sweetest thing like think of the greatest food that you love to eat like sushi from uchi in dallas Woo, it's good if you haven't been it's good go to happy hour though because it's expensive but it is really good or I, sometimes my wife has made the comment to me of like, like sometimes i talk while i eat especially a steak like i eat a steak and I'm like mmm I get a little Pentecostal. I'm like, that's good. Mm, Lord is speaking. Yeah, We had some ribeyes last night. It's like, mm, come on. It's this, it's this idea of like pleasant words. It's not saying only happy words, but it's saying honest, true, good words that are spoken are sweet and receiving. and You look forward to those and it is healthy to the bones. It's healthy to the bones, meaning it is healthy to the core of you. It's healthy to the core of you. Do you understand the beautiful weight of your positive words in this world? We know negative ways a lot. Don't undermine the weight that your words can be out loud to the people that you care about, the people you just meet, the people you don't even know or the people that you know so well that you need to encourage them over and over and over and over again. Question number three, question number three. Do my words point to Jesus? Jesus do my words point to Jesus? Again, it is near impossible for our words to be neutral. Our words are pointing to something or someone, and I don't want my words to point to me. I want my words to point people to Jesus. I don't only want my words to be, oh, we're at peace with each other. I I pray that more and more my words are pointing people to the faith and hope that I have in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, who who, uh, didn't Uh, stay as a faraway God but came close to us so that we can be close to him so that on the other side of eternity on the other side of eternity when we get there, when we arrive to heaven, I'm chasing these words like from from the Lord I, I, I want my words to point to Jesus not to point to me to prove myself not to point to me, oh that was really good, I don't care about that, I care about my God and I care about other people who don't know the hope that we have, knowing the hope you're looking for is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who saved you, loved you so much that he wanted to save you. He accepts you just as you are, and he loves you so much he doesn't keep you the way that you are. Psalms 34, when uh, talking about praising the Lord, says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord, not about me. I'm not gonna boast about me. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt his name together. Because one day on the other side of eternity, hopefully many years from now, but when I see the Lord face to face, these are the words that I hope I hear from my Lord, which is, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. I wasn't flippant with my words, I became I grew to become more and more intentional with my words over time, to be more and more faithful, to say good things, to 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 build God's creation up, God's people, to, to build them up and not tear them down. But ultimately not just to say nice things and I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna go there because I don't I don't want it to be awkward, I wanna be at peace. And if I bring this up and I bring up Jesus again, maybe they'll think it's weird. Like I listen, I've, I have tried to witness to people, and yeah, it's, it's been very awkward at times. If you've ever had the thought, like, oh, pastors do it, and it's not awkward. No, sometimes it's more awkward. It's like, hey, come to my church and hear me speak. Yeah. I, you know, like, it's, sometimes it's weird. Like, oh, it's part of your job. Uh, like, uh, it, there's been a lot of times when I've flown, and I'm like, straight up conversation with the person next to me, and I'm like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm in sales or insurance, whatever. And they're like, what do you do for a living? And I say, oh, I'm a pastor. Almost always, their response is, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, what are you apologizing for? I was like, maybe they cussed or something, you know? Like, some, it can be awkward for us, but I, something we press our students about that is convicting for me as well is I would rather, I would rather be awkwardly spiritual than just comfortably apathetic. I want my words to point to my God, not to point to me, not to point to my comfort. I want more and more of my words to point to the Lord, my God, who I love. It was um, many, many years ago, there was, uh, during the Korean War, there was this battle called the Battle of uh, the Chosen Reservoir. And, and in this battle, these Marines were waiting on a shipment of ammunition. They were waiting for, for bullets and for other things. And, and uh, what happened, there was a mix-up that happened. And instead of getting ammunition, ammunition, what they got was a pallet of Tootsie Rolls. I don't know about you, but if I'm a Marine in battle <laughs> and I'm waiting on like weapons to help me win this battle, life and death, I don't want Tootsie Rolls. I wouldn't be like, oh, good. I'd be like, what? (laughs) What was crazy is that the Marines ended up winning the battle anyways. And the Marines who won the battle, they credit the Tootsie Rolls for their victory because it brought them nourishment that they didn't know they needed, they had been there for a while, they didn't know their bodies needed nourishment. So it, it helped them, it rejuvenated them. And the craziest part is they didn't have medical supplies. So, so what many Marines did is they took Tootsie Rolls and they used them to plug up bullet holes. Crazy, and it saved their life, plugging their hole. You didn't know this could be so useful, right? In a world that is locked and loaded with ammunition for their words, they're ready to fight, they know where it's going to be divisive, we're coming up on election year, oh, I'm ready, come on, quick to the draw, you know, like feeling Clint Eastwood, I'm ready here, you know, what if in a world that's just expecting ammunition with our words, what if we could make our words be more like Tootsie Rolls, to be the nourishment to a world that didn't know what it needed until the words from our God came, until we think, we've, we've thought so, we've thought through our words that even the tough words feel loving. Even the tough truth feels, feels caring. What if inside of our own mind we think we have to battle, we gotta battle, we have to battle, when really the, we, we find the, the source of the words, that, the, the source that our words are coming from, and this healing and nourishment is brought there. Instead, instead of feeling like it's gonna fight, there's so much power in our words and power in your words and power in my words. Let's soak our words in scripture. Let's soak our words in God's will, in God's presence. Let's be honest with hard truth and caring, loving ways, and we're not responsible for the result, but we can, we are responsible for being obedient. And what if our words pointed people to Jesus more, more and more and more? I think then we would be setting up a world that would be full of more peace, more sweetness, plugging up maybe some bullet holes and church wounds that people have had from other experiences. Your words are powerful. Don't let the enemy say that it's better for you to just be quiet. Let's use our words for our God's glory, not our own. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you would guide us, guide our words, guide us towards your purpose and for for the words that you have for us to speak. I pray that our words would point to you because that's where our hope is. So I, I pray that what comes out of us is based around the profession of faith for the hope that we have for the other side of eternity to be connected to you forever. God, give us your words for your people. No matter how uncomfortable it makes us, help us to encourage in a word in a world that is ready to fight. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit Hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.